Take it easy. Take it easy. What up? I'm gonna just need that on the regular. For real. Like, can I call all y'all when I'm having like For a rough real. day? Be like, can y'all get together and clap real quick? No. Speakerphone. Um, no, what's up, everybody? My name is Dell. This is the Work in Progress podcast. This is how we got Andy to finally release these songs that were on a hard drive and probably were never gonna see the light of day. Today, we're gonna talk about OTOD which is a record that is going to be premiering tonight when the project comes out. We're here in Brooklyn with this lovely live crowd that just boosted my self-esteem way up. Today I'm joined by two special guests. To my left is Rob Markman. Make some noise for Rob Markman. Legend. Sheesh. Uh, Rob Markman, legendary. I mean, I, I can't do a Sway intro. You know, Sway, Sway and Nori got the illest intros. They got the illest intros. Um, mine is way more humble, but it's still as appreciative. Uh, Rob is one of the most legendary hip-hop journalists. Man, if you don't know, sheesh, I got to question your culture credentials real quick. Uh, Rob Markman, man. I, actually, I knew Rob as an artist first on the blogs, when the blogs was heavy. Um, and then his name just grew like crazy with wild esteem in the world of hip hop journalism. But fortunately, he started making music again. And now he's released two projects. And uh, man, I wanna talk about that later because I think that is so dope, man. And. Man, you've written for Double XL. Can you just name it, bro? Because it's like MTV's yeah. at Genius now, killing yeah. it over there. You guys all see the verifieds yeah. with the yellow screens. We have one for Magic and Bird. <laughs> Put those together. He's at Genius. Done legendary interviews with some of the biggest people in music. Uh, we were talking about him backstage: Kendrick Lamar, Mariah Carey, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne. You forgot one. Andy Minio. Andy oh. Minio. That's hey, right, you know, baby. The biggest. That's right. Yeah, the resume, the resume is crazy, man. Uh, we could be here all night just talking about this man's credentials. But to my right, I have another special guest, Chaz Smith, everybody. Can we give him? Yeah, that's right. I like every applause comes with a year. That's how I know Yo, I'm in New York. In New York. I like that. That's Y'all what it making is. me feel special out here. Like, I actually, like I'm actually doing something. Damn. That's right. <laughs> One of the funniest people on the internet right now, hands down. LA based entertainer, nearly 2 million followers across his social media platforms. Man, he, he, you know, like Andy said, one of the funniest dudes, but also does a lot of really cool inspirational content. Yep. He mixes the two. Something that I love about him is that we share a similar purpose in that we want to create things that are really cool, but still inherently wholesome. Like low key, you're like, yo, low key, this dude don't curse. Or like, or like something like, yo, low key, I could enjoy this with my, with the, my boys. The with Pixar the, of the internet. The with Pixar. Your, with your grandma. I like that, I like that. Little cousins, your grandmother, all of that. Yeah, I like that, I like that. That's right. So man, let's get into this track, yeah. OTOD. Yeah, so the record uh, OTOD was a last minute addition to Work in Progress. And y'all know Work in Progress has been, these songs have been sitting on a hard drive and 
they never found a home. Some of them were on SoundCloud. They never made it to DSP. Some of them were for different projects that never came out. This one has a wild story to it. So uh, I get a phone call from Lecrae. He's like, hey, listen, I want you on my album, All Things Work Together. I was like, cool, send me the record. So Alex Medina, uh, the legend himself, uh, sends me this beat. It was a beat that him and Beam did. Uh, Ty Shane, Beam, some of y'all know him, right? Um, they sent me the record. Lecrae had his verse on it, and he had a chorus to it, and it was called Home Team at the time. So I write this verse, and I was like, every time me and him get together, that's like big bro. That's like I want to wild out. I want to I want to show him up. And so I put together this verse. I was like, ah, oh, I think this verse is dope. I send it back. Lo and behold, when it was time for Lecrae to pick uh, all the records that were going to be on the album, he scratches that one. And so me and Alex, we were like, this is going to be the joint. I think people are going to love this record. He scratches that song. They keep it off the project. You know, they were like, it doesn't fit the whole record, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he doesn't want it on there because I shined him. That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> but no. So um, anyways, we were sitting with the track and now I'm like, yo, I got this verse. I don't know what to do with it. So I was playing it and Dell overheard a little section in the beat that boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. You know I got to do my you sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah, do yeah. my sound effects. That's the thing. That's the thing on the podcast. He always be I'm doing, always doing sound, sound effects. You about to get me in crazy trouble with Alex Medina, though. Why? Because, you know. No, but he found that little piece that. of the song, and I was like, yeah, let's keep looping it. So we kept looping it, and lo and behold, we end up taking that rap verse and that, that loop from the section of the beat, and we make this song. And I was like, all right, now I just got one long rap verse. Uh, what am I going to do with this? And so we never found a home for it. And I was finally like, look, work in progress is coming out. Let's just put it out. It's a dope verse. We go. And, uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm in Malibu and we started working on, that's not a flex. I went out there to go work. It's a flex. It's a flex. Weird flex. Weird flex. I go out there a couple weeks ago because we started actually working on the next project. Um, and so we set up this Airbnb, start working on music. We got a bunch of producers hanging around. And I had a camera crew out there to film, because you guys know I like to document my stuff, Saturday morning cartoons, take out behind the scenes when I'm creating music. And so we had a camera crew there, and I was like, I got this song. Y'all want to just shoot a random video for it? And so we shot it at the house of the studio we were working on. So when the video comes out, you'll see it. Um, we just documented me walking through the house where everybody's recording and we did a video on the spot, just improv and it ended up coming out really dope. So that's what we have. We got OTOD. We have, it's just a one verse record. We shot the music video on the fly. And, uh, you know, I think what the bigger story here is that, and this is what I want to talk about today is a lot of times you'll start down a path of creating something or doing something and it won't turn out the way that you initially wanted it to or thought that it was going to. But a lot of times it can lead you to someplace else that's even better or more interesting than you initially thought. And I can say that that's been a reality in my career, uh, in Chaz, in, in Rob Markman, in Delgis. A lot of times you're heading down a road and, and you got it all planned out in your mind, but roadblocks and detours come. And, and a lot of us have to ask the question of, you know, is this the end or is this roadblock going to give me more creativity? Is this gonna allow me to do something else um, different? I know you were talking about that too. I won't get, I won't get into this uh, uh, with Ace Clark, but he was talking about he couldn't get guys to send him beats 
couldn't get guys to send him beats in the email. So he was like, forget it. No one's going to send me beats. I'm not going to have the same beats you mailing around everybody else. So I'm going to go in the studio, use that creative roadblock to create something new and bring a band in. And we're just going to create something else. And so a lot of times those things that can, can look like they're going to stop you can actually be the things that are going to bring new creativity uh, to your process. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, it's also important to note for this specific track how nonlinear the creative process was. And I want y'all to definitely speak into this too. Sometimes you find a beat or you have a concept and you write it, you record it, you release it right so that's pretty linear you know like oh this beat is dope it's inspiring something you write to it you put it out this was not that so this verse was originally on a record featuring lecrae over a beat produced by alex it ended up going on a solo record only using a portion of that original beat that basically was a completely different portion made it a completely different beat, and ended up going on a completely different project after a lot of overthinking, you know, a lot of tug of war. Like, I still remember us in, in uh, Santa Monica. I sound like terrible right now. In Santa Monica. Uh, I'm not flexing, I'm not flexing. But it was real, it was real, because we were there, and I was like, yo, OTOD's crazy, you need to put it out. And you're like, but it's just a verse. I'm like, it doesn't matter, dog. Like that joint is fire. And he's like, but the beat like needs stuff to it. I'm like, no, leave it like that, nice and raw. Like it's just like bass and drums and it's like super simple. And uh, Beam actually did that hook where he was just mumbling. And I was like, yo, this is so hard. But yo, he's got so much sauce that he's like, oh, I'll just make something else. I I'm tired of that. Beam was supposed to do the second verse, the hook. That didn't happen because he's just got so much sauce. It's like a, a well that never dries up that he's like, he, he I'm over that. He was like, uh, he recorded it. It was super dope. And then he was like, oh, I don't like it anymore. Don't put it out. And I was like, let's do nah, something new. I'm like, no, finish that first. Yeah. That's, that's the creative's um, downfall is like you want to start something new before you finish the stuff that's like 50 percent 60 70 percent always am i yeah. right no, yeah absolutely but you know i i think that's dope obviously you have a career already um to where you you could do that there's some stuff that will be left undone or unfinished i think for any of y'all out there that are creatives um when you're getting started sometimes that could be a real real detriment like there's this phrase called worse is better. Like, even if you feel like you can improve on something, put it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you could sit on a record, if you're not Andy Minio and already has a discography and has fans, you could sit on a record for years that you may overthink when you can actually be putting it out and building a fan base. So, um, and I say that just to say, as y'all sit here and hear these stories and these creative processes, and whatever you're going through in life, like, Find that inspiration in what's being set up here and how y'all could apply it to yourselves because it ain't really no difference between us up here and y'all out there. We just might be further along in our process. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, there was, I was actually, I had a conversation one time with Ryan Leslie. He was showing me like um, an app that he was developing. And I was like, yo. The Superphone? The Superphone. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> 
he was showing me the app and he was like, yeah, so this is what it can do. And I was poking holes and I was like, but does it do this? Can it do that? What if people do that? And he's like, you're right. It's not perfect yet. And I was like, so why would I do this? He's like, grow with me. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, he picked he up his phone. It? And at the time it was the iPhone five. And he was like, do you see this right here? He goes, do you think we would have had the iPhone five if we didn't have the iPhone one? And I was like, no, we wouldn't. But he was like, exactly. So there's early versions of stuff, but he's like, thank God that iPhone wasn't trying to make iPhone 5 out the gate. They just started with 1, and then they did iPhone 2, and 2.2S you know, or whatever, 3, 4, and 5, and 6. And so now today, you know, we got 10, they're working on 11, all that stuff. That's an 8, my brother. I'm not, you know. Well, you know. <laughs> not that rich. It wasn't Yo, a shot. man, let them big you up, bro. They can't <laughs> see, the, the camera can't tell, they couldn't bro. couldn't tell. Yo, actually, we they got a really good same. point. We got, yeah, they do, they do. We got a friend of ours, Simon, in here. I wish I knew. Uh, he said this thing to me, and I, you know, I can't remember it verbatim, but there is a certain benefit to releasing things even when you think they're not ready, just to collect the data and feedback. And Simon, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm talking absolute nonsense right now, just go like this. <laughs> And I'll switch the subject. But it was about um, the, the race to having great product is really a race to data and feedback on said product. Am I? Am I? I'm on the right track. I'm not, I'm not going to hit it all because I don't remember, bro. Like, you got this down pat. But it's really interesting. When it, like, I can see that with, like, a phone, right? Like, I'm always the one that's like, I don't want the new year of a new body of a car because they haven't worked out the kinks yet. Like, they, and they can't. There's only so much you can prototype in a lab. You got to get it out to the people and let the people tell you, yo, this was wrong, so you can hit them with the second and third. So I always tell people, like, get the second and third generation of the joint because they already f figured it out. But they figured it out because of early adopters that were willing to grow with them like yeah when 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 you said ryan leslie said that you know ryan leslie is infamous for those videos where he's in a suit and he's like look at man i'm like did this dude do a spin and like was there glitter when he said grow with me yo because there's this mystique around this brother but um you know i can think about it easily when it comes to tech because i'm like oh of course dude you don't know what's gonna go wrong you gotta get it out there but it's interesting thinking about it with i was gonna like, say uh, creative content you know right, because how do you go from, Absolutely. Chaz, I wanted to ask you about this. We were talking backstage. You've grown your socials now to, like, millions of followers, but you obviously started with zero followers and zero content at one point, and you were talking about how some of the first stuff you made, you were so self-conscious about it, you just started deleting it or deleting the apps. Like, tell us some of that story, how that happened. Yeah, man. So I was just, like, bored. It was the, uh, my last semester of high school, just finished playing basketball, just finished playing basketball last semester of high school. I had all this free time on my hands and I just started scrolling through this app, Vine, right? RIP, Vine. RIP. Dang. I, it might make a comeback though. Just, you, you don't know. Yeah, like he space, might, he like might be. MySpace. Too. You, you just wait on it. Anyway. Um, just wait on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was just wasting mad time, just doing it for fun, no cares. I wasn't conscious about it because I was just doing what I felt just draw to do, I felt pulled to do. And it was. Matter of fact, my cousin's here. When I first hit 100 followers, he was in the room with me. Um, and I was so excited about that. And then a month later, I was at 2,000. A month after that, what, like two months after that, I was like 50,000, just kept growing. But once I started 
you know, seeing all these results and getting all this feedback, I started to get self-conscious about how I was performing and the likes and numbers became a thing. Um, but what's really helped me to get over that is going back to realizing why I'm making this. Because I love to do it, and it brings joy to people, and it brings joy to me. Like, it's just a cool thing to do. Like, and, you know, it's, we were talking about it this backstage, too, but kind of when we have that, just a pull for just whatever, like kind of how this song came about when you, sometimes it seems like things might be distracting, like Vine. I literally wasted so many hours of my life on it, but now... You thought you wasted. I thought I wasted, but it, I was drawn to... Like, once I started creating something out of it and using it for good, so to speak, that's when it started to bear fruit. And now I'm, like, able to make a living from making videos and meet all these cool people, travel all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you were talking about is, like, sometimes the things that you're, you're investing in can feel like a waste of time and you find out they're actually super valuable later on in life. Um, I heard this one guy talk one time. His name is Erwin McManus. He's, uh, he's got, like, a church in L.A. I was at a conference. He was talking, and he was like, yo, I didn't put out my first book till I was, like, 41 or 44 or something like that. And he's like, yo, my whole life I just worked these odd jobs. He was like, I picked apples. I worked on cars. I did like all this stuff. And he's like, I never thought any of it was valuable. And then when he went to write his first book, he was able to pull all these analogies and all these experiences out of all these years of these things that he come to find out like, yo, it was all, his point was like, God doesn't waste stuff in our life. Like, when you look at nature, he was saying, like, even, even crap plays a role in nature. Literally, like, animals, when they, you know, feces, like, that ends up soiling the ground and adding back into the ecosystem. Like, nothing is wasted. Respect crap. Respect, Respect crap, the yeah. doo-doo. That's Don't be saying. afraid to make crap, yo. Don't, that's it. It will fertilize everything else. That's it. <laughs> Yo, this podcast is over, bro. It's it ain't going to get better than that. Can't get better than that. Nah, that's really so, good. And actually, we were talking about this uh, backstage, and Rob had a great story of something that he didn't know why. He was just compelled to do it, and he it ended up having a purpose. Can you share yeah. that story, bro? Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically my, my story is that most people who kind of know me, um, know me as a journalist and all the interviews that I've done, I've always, since a teenager, had been in music, and I always thought I was going to really make it in music as an artist. Um, I get into journalism, and it's great, and I love what I do journalistically as well. I get to about Double XL, and I'm doing both. I'm on blogs like Now Right and Two Dope Boys, and I'm at Double XL working on the freshman cover. And I had got a call that basically was like, well, if you don't stop doing music, you're going to get fired because it's a conflict of interest. And I was like, you know, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. But I was like, well, I guess I got to stop doing music because, you know, I, I had my son to feed. And I was like, I couldn't go home and being like, yo, I can't pay the rent or I can't put food on the table because I wanted to be on twodopeboys.com. Um, as great as that site is. Yo, respect <laughs> to Two Dope Boys. You know? um, so anyway, I never stopped doing music. I just did it. Yeah, I would write verses, I would record, and I would just keep it to myself. So fast forward a bunch of years later, um, I'm at Genius now. My career as a journalist has taken off. A friend of mine, I don't know if you heard of um, rapper Sky Zoo, um, amazing lyricist, had hit me up. 
because he wanted a feature from somebody that I knew. So he said, yo, can you get this record to so-and-so and, and, and get him on this record? And I was like, bet. So he passed me the, the beat and the song concept. And the MC and me just started writing a verse to it, like, like if he meant it for me, right? But I was really supposed to pass it off. The other guy never ended up doing the feature. He was a, uh, we ain't gonna get into that. But, um, but I wrote the verse and I kept it in my phone. Okay, because that's what I do. I still write, I just keep it to myself. Um, about a week after that, I end up on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne and they're interviewing me about my journalism career. And Charlemagne goes to me, yo, Rob, you know, he, he was like, everybody kind of in hip hop and the culture plays a, a certain role and not everybody can be a rapper, but everybody wants to act like they're, they're, they're a rapper. Rob, thank God you never rapped. Because <laughs> he didn't know my background. You never used to rap, right? And there was a split second. I'm on The Breakfast Club, which was one of just the biggest shows, platforms in our culture, where I could have just been like, nah, I never used to rap and moved on. Um, but I felt like the people I grew up with, the people who knew me the best, was like, man, you got up on Breakfast Club and you lied and you denied who you really were. So I was like, nah, I actually did. I started, I used to rap. Really? Word? Spit something. So I'm like, oh, I actually wrote a verse just last week, and here it go. And I spit the verse a cappella. And when the Breakfast Club goes live the next day, I get a text from like Killer Mike. And he's like, yo, keep going. That was dope. And then after that, I start getting more, more phone calls. And that verse led me to my first deal where I put out my first project in 2017 with Empire. They signed me, sent me in advance just off of the one verse that they heard in The Breakfast Club. So moral of the story is that I wrote it not thinking where it would lead. Yeah. Hey, yo, yeah. can we um, can we just make sure, because there's a lot of weird flexes happening right now. Every time there's a weird flex, can you just hit us with, yeah, some, because I'm like, yo, I just need to cue you up. Yeah, Killer Mike texts me and... Not, but, right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's so funny, and, and I guess because I teased you for Malibu, like, I didn't mean it as a flex. Like, that was the last person right. that I thought, I'm like, again, I'm not thinking much of the verse. This is just what I do when I did it, just because that's what I felt in my heart, not expecting any of this to come to it. And Killer Mike, one of the greatest MCs, like, right now, like, hit my phone. It was the last text that I was expecting. And, and it wasn't, me and Mike are cool, but it's not like we, we might speak once or twice a year when it's either my birthday or his birthday. And it's just like, yo, happy birthday, bro. It's like the happy birthday text. <laughs> it was like ramping up. Right. <laughs> I just say that to say you never know what's going to come from it because I, I didn't expect any of this. Yeah, you know no, what's he's really right. interesting? Hey, Wait, you about to do something right now? Uh, no, just Obama was just texting me. I didn't want to. All right. All weird. Right. I didn't want to. <laughs> Sorry. Tell him you hit him back. Tell him you hit him yeah, back. I'll You're busy. Leave him on red. That's what yeah. I do. Uh. What's going on? It's Andy Minio and Delgis Mustafa at the Work in Progress podcast. We're taking a second to give a shout out to our sponsors. Yay! Samaritan Ministries. All right. Who wants to talk about health care, kids? Oh, health care is the best. Yes. All right. Listen, nobody wants to talk about health care, but the reality is it's part of life. You're going to break something. You're going to hurt something. Something bad's going to happen. You got to make sure that you're taken care of, all right? If you're 14, you live at your mom's house, you're probably fine. But for the rest of us, listen, we all need to figure out how we're going to do this. Here's what happened. 
I'm a rapper. I'm a hip hop artist. You know, I don't work for a big company or corporation that rolls me into some big healthcare plan and takes care of me if anything bad happens. All right. I'm on my own. Or I pay some insane amount of money to these, uh, you know, insurance companies, which I've done for years for like catastrophic insurance. Basically meaning if I break every bone in my body, they're like, all right, we'll consider helping. And even then you got to have fallen off a roof. It's insane. So here's what we did. Me and my wife, we were looking for other options to make sure we could have a, a, a different kind of health care. And we found Samaritan Ministries. Now, the guy who was giving me the information about this place, you know, he was coming after me for like a year. He's like, hey, man, I think this is a good option for you. You're self-employed. And I was like, nah, you're weird. Get away from me. I ducked him for like a year. But when I started looking into actually what it was, I was like, yo, this is actually forward thinking and really interesting. So here, here's what it is. Essentially, it's not insurance. It's a different kind of health care. And, and what it does is Christians every month send directly to each other as there's a medical need. Now, the reason why this works is because there's 80,000 plus households and growing who are participating in this. So it becomes a network. And so instead of giving your money to some random company, you don't know, and you don't know what they're doing with it. And then when you get hurt, you don't know if someone's actually going to cover your thing. Cause it's all these stipulations, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just this community of people who's saying, as there's a need, we're going to give. So most months, you know, you're not, you don't have a need. So you're giving directly to people who do have it. But when it's your turn, you have a need. People give directly to you. They stay directly connected. They send you the money that you need. And they also, you know, it's a little more personal. People could pray for you. They can send a card of encouragement. It's actually really cool. I, I think it's incredible. Me and my wife use it. And, uh, you know, I've got injured playing basketball and doing different things. And I've used it. And they came through in the clutch. So I've already seen it firsthand. Now, listen. Again, like I said, it's not for everybody, but just go check it out uh, because it's been an incredible option for us. Go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash Andy Minio. Learn more about it. And uh, listen, take care of yourself, all right? Don't break nothing. You'll be all right. But in case you do, check out Samaritan. All right, back to the podcast. Let's do it. Now, you know what's interesting about that? Like, I'm putting my, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes at that moment, right? Like... You obviously, you have a family, right? And you obviously have responsibilities. That's why you made the hard decision of picking a paying job in journalism, which you love. It's not like you yeah. were like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a waiter. Nah, you, it was really choosing between two things that you love. You wanted to have both, but they didn't, they made it hard for you. And it's true, man. To be a brand new rapper, like you're probably not going to make money for a couple years. It's like being a brand new business. It's probably going to take you three to five years to really make a profit you know what i mean so i think that was a responsible decision on your end but i'm just thinking about you right here you are you have a responsibility to genius um this artist basically you're like a a, a liaison between these two artists and in between dishing off the beat you stop to write. And that's something that's got nothing to do with your job. So, like, there's a temptation to feel like, yo, I'm being irresponsible right now. Like, what am I doing writing? Like, uh, you know, this isn't part of my core responsibilities right now or any of that. Like guaranteed money from it. You're just like, I just want to do it because I like compelled. it. Right. Yeah, the eight, I didn't even think about it, though. And, and I was at work. It was actually during like office hours right i, I remember oh, where i was can i was standing in my right office now? can you say this but the verse came i the first eight bars came in 60 seconds 
Like, is that a, is that no. a flex? Oh, it's ramping up. <laughs> uh, the pecs are just... <laughs> oh, no, that oh, means you were inspired, inspired, inspired. Yeah, inspired. it was just yeah. like inspired. It, 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 it was, um, I think, um, the Sky Zoo song. He actually put it out. Um, I think the title of it was Jordans and the Gold Chain, which was based off of the Nas lyric, um, I thought Jordans and the Gold Chain was living. Um, which growing up, like that's all we aspire. I was like, man, if I could get enough money for a gold chain and a pair of Jordans, that's it. You know what I'm for saying? Real. That's all I wanted out of life. And so I guess Sky's thought resonated with me, and I just started writing my verse off of that because it took me back to again when I was 15, 16, and that was your only aspiration. And this is the first eight bars came right away. It was it it was the universe. It was just like sometimes we're just a vessel for the universe, God, whatever your belief is or whatever you attributed that to, that kind of higher power that we're just a conduit for that. Yeah, I, I love that talking quote. about Jordans. It happens quick. Yeah. Favorite Jordan right now? Tell me. My favorite Jordan of all time is the eights. The eights with the yeah, straps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Come color? On, it? Black and aqua. The black. But, the but, aquas. Yeah, Boy. but, but it, it just Who sounds knew? like people are disappointed by that. But, yeah, 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 it's I a, get it. It's a Look, rare I, selection. I see you with the with the cement threes. They're beautiful, my brother. You, <laughs> you're keeping them clean. Those sneakers, amazing. It, but for me, a lot of it goes to, it was the aspiration. It was when um, uh, I see some Bordeaux 7s. Oh, man, this man's Look, I'll tell you what. Now that I see the look, there's this just the universe, right? The, the verse that I wrote, right? It was... It had the Bordeaux line in it. So Sky Zoo was Jordans and the gold chain. So my bars was, I thought Jordans and the gold chain was living. Uh, so I molded my vision. I molded how I'm living off of Godson's vision. To the point, every verse that I've written is either Bread 11s or Bordeaux 7s. Godson is Nas, Jesus, Bread 11s, the bread, Bordeaux, the wine. Like, Ooh. I was in my Sky Zoo bag. Boy. <laughs> yeah, that was a flex. I can't get a flex. Wait, did you flex? No, that was just those are just bars. That's just bars. Nah, but it's interesting. Little did you know that uh, you responding in the affirmative to that magnetic pull would lead to a deal with Empire and your first commercial release as when you return to making music. And that's what I mean, like. I had an experience where you, you, anybody that knows me knows how much I love to like curate. I love taking a lot of information and finding the best things in it and making it super concise. I, I just love that. I can do that it's with true. anything. I do that when I read. I do that if I'm on Airbnb. I'm like, okay, what are the dopest Airbnbs? Like, there's so much nonsense in here. Like, where's the gold? I love doing that with everything. I love doing that with restaurants, like literally everything. Everybody's got a button. If the the Dell button, the way that you can get them is if you ask him for recommendations. Like you I hit him on Twitter, he's like, oh, I ain't responding to this stuff. Recommendations. All right. Yo, yo, where should, I eat? where should I eat in New That's York? The... I'm like, yo, babe, give me five minutes. Yeah. Like, I'm hitting you with that Google Maps ASAP because I also like to be effective and efficient. And Google Maps is great. But uh, there was times where I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm, like, wasting time on Airbnb looking for cool Airbnbs. I'm not even going anywhere. Like, what, what's, like I got to get back to answering emails. But lo and behold, I get tapped to serve as a creative director 
on this sneaker commercial for this brand based out of Brooklyn called Greats. And because, you know, a great creative director, I think, just has references on deck. They'll be like, yo, give me an idea for this video. You're like, hmm, I saw this French film from 1979. They did this thing really cool. Maybe we should do that. It'll work over your track. Like, it's all about pulling references. Or I, your Pinterest game is just out of control. My Pinterest game is crazy. It's insane. I'm going to let y'all know right now. My Pinterest game boards is wild boards. organized. Mad specific. Like, it gets deep. Just like my playlist game. But uh, so here we are. And, you know, I have to come through with an idea. I have one. And then we're thinking about, okay, well, this is like a sci-fi idea. Where do we shoot this? And I'm like, I got y'all. There's a farm on Airbnb. <laughs> One hour away with a geodome. That's the lab. Yeah. You know, and, I, I'm, and, and like, look at the woods around it. It makes sense. And I'm just sitting there. I'm on set. And people are asking me questions. Del, what do you think about the color of this computer? What text should we use, this and that? And I'm like, yo, this is why. This is why this was the purpose behind those hours that I would put into just looking for really great stuff that resonates with me and then organizing it so that I could pull it in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? So, But you didn't even know when you were going to use that. It just, you were it doing it because like, you loved it. It was just like, I couldn't resist. I'm like, where are the dopest Airbnbs? I got to find out right now. It's like, you know that meme yeah. that goes nobody and then there's a question? That's my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my life. What's the best pizza? And no one asked me what's the best pizza in New York. But let me go get an answer, though. Let me go give you a list case. of 25 organized by ranking from Yelp. Like, Based on we... which neighborhood you want to be in. It's my brother, it. it gets that deep. You know, based yep. on the type of pizza. What do you want, a square? What do you want, a... What know, are we talking about, what triangles? Do you want, straight up New York style? So anyway, it, it's just encouragement to know that, man, sometimes you need to respond to the affirm affirmative when something is inspiring you and pulling you. Like, just go in there and follow it, and you'll figure it out later what what the purpose is. Even when it feels irresponsible, which is, that's a whole nother combo. Yeah. What were you saying? Yes, there's something I've noticed in common about all the stories we've been telling. There's, with those pulls and like desires to just lean in that direction, magnetic pull, whatever you want to call it, there's always, the one thing I see in common is that there's no agenda. It's not like you're trying to become something or make this great. As a matter of fact, all my videos that have blown up with millions of views, I was just like, oh, let me just... Yeah, you got to flex on yourself. For real, though, every time a video has done really well for me, it's because I was just like... I was Okay, if y'all seen the Water's Not Wet video, I was literally just like arguing with a friend because we saw this video where these two dudes were arguing about whether or not a fish is wet when it's in water. I don't know if y'all have seen that. Y'all seen that video? You remember the ghost face? Line? Yeah, so... So we were just arguing about it, and then, like, there was one point where I was just, like, really into it, and he started recording me on the low, and he put me on blast and threw me up on his Instagram story. I was like, yo, I feel some type of way about this now. And so I went into the bathroom, like, the next day. I was in the bathroom. I started thinking. Where everyone uh, uses their phone. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, no, I was just, like, I started thinking. I was like, let me record a story about this. So I, I, I almost posted it. I was like, nah, this is going to be pretty long. I'll post them all after. 
I was, then I finished, and I was like, you know what? I might as well just put it up on my profile, on Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube, and Facebook. Three days later, it has like 60,000 views, and then it just kept growing like crazy. And I was never thinking anything of it. I was just like, oh, I'm just having fun. Let me just post this video or whatever. Didn't think about it at all afterward. Every other video where I've been like, okay, I'm going to do this and plan it out this way and blah, 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 do all this stuff, and I think I got this formula down, they like fall flat or perform less than average um, compared to videos where I'll just pull my phone out and scream and zoom in on my face or something. So it's like, that's literally what I do. But like, not nah, like that's what I've noticed. formula right there. No, nah, what I've noticed about like your writing, Andy, your, your projects, the Airbnb thing, there's always just no agenda. It's just like, oh, I want to do this because I feel drawn to it. And I think there's something special about the flow that comes out of that because you're able to just allow yourself to go in any direction that your mind wants to use. Not like you're trying to create something. You don't confine yourself to a box. It just flows. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was this, um, I was watching this movie recently. It was like a documentary. It was called In Search of Greatness. And they would post these little quotes in between uh, just like little sections of the doc. And one of them said, um, if you do it for the result in the future, you're not doing it. It was a very interesting quote for me. I'm like, you know, what, what we're all saying here is like the things that brought us success for the most part were not things that we were doing with the result in mind. We were just doing it because there was real passion. There was a purity to the things exactly. that we were creating. Um, now, I'm not going to say that's like always the case, but for sure, when I think about the most successful things I've done, it's typically the things that I was just doing out of pure passion. And it's funny, this whole conversation came about because last, it was a couple weeks ago, we were shooting, me and Lecrae were shooting the Coming In Hot video out in LA. And one of the kids that was in the video, he's not a kid, he's a grown man. One of the dudes who was in the video was like, this is get your flex ready. He was like, yeah, man. I'm glad I was able to make this video shoot because I just came back from the Fortnite Pro-Am. And I was like, the Pro-Am, what is it? He, so he goes and plays video games. Huh? Is that even a flex? Like, no, no, no. Well, here's world, the bro. flex. It's the gaming world. Bro. Here's the flex. He's like, yeah, even like everybody from uh, position 20 onward, like position one got like 900,000, you know, all that stuff. Everybody who came in 20 and afterwards up to 100, everyone got 20 Gs. So he's like, oh, I came in like 25th place and I still just came home with 20 G's. And he just, yeah, just chilling. And he was like, the crazy thing is I never thought like all these years growing up playing video games, like I was just drawn to it. I just love this. He's like, everyone said it was irresponsible and it was stupid. I got laughed at. And he's like, who, who knew being really good at this was going to end up turning into me being able to come to this thing and win 20 G's? And that's what me and Dell started talking about after we had that conversation. So what I'm saying is everyone go pick up a controller. No, I'm just like, I was like. Put you your got, books down, yeah, kids. Right, that's it. Go play uh -huh. Fortnite. Listen, that's real. They just had the Fortnite tournament in New York in North Ash Stadium. So I took my son. You went? Yeah, yeah, I went and, and took my son because he wanted to go. Um, but I was hyped. And I'm watching everybody play. And I'm looking at him. Well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you? <laughs> So now, when I come home from work, it's like, man, how, how many hours did you practice on Fortnite today? We ain't never going to make it. What you mean him. you want to go outside and play basketball? You're not going to the NBA, yo. What you you want to yeah. read a book? What? 
Yo, that's really funny, because it's true. Who would have known? It was actually his girlfriend was like, man, my mom used to give me so much crap about playing video games and look. But one thing that you said, where what's his name, Erwin McManus? Yes. One thing that he said that, that's really powerful, that I was talking to Justin about this recently, is that sometimes, let's say we're in a profession or in a job that we don't believe is the calling or the career that we're passionate about. And there's two things you can do with that. Uh, one thing, which I think is bad, is where you're no longer present because you're just daydreaming about when you'll be out and when you will finally be doing that thing that you care about. But what, the, what that's, you know, the Erwin McManus, am I saying his name right? What, what his story, why it was so powerful because he's like, man, I was able to take all the things that I experienced even when I was working at the orchard and like this and this and that, that I was able to use into the book that resonated with people. So he, he found a purpose later on. But I think it's important to state uh, because I've made both. I've done both. I've been somewhere that I didn't feel passionate about. I didn't feel called to. And I wasn't present. So I was negligent. And I was just like thinking and waiting and hoping for the day that I was doing that thing. But I've also, in, as I've matured, have realized that um, the best thing I can do is be present even when I don't believe that where I am is my final stop. You know what I mean? Because I could be like, I like what I'm doing right now, but, I, you know, that thing over there is really the end result. That's where I want to end up. But let me soak up everything that's happening right here, right now. Let me be responsible. Let me be diligent. And let me soak it all up because in my experience, I've seen that there's going to be a whole bunch of things here that I'm going to learn that are going to be necessary and that are going to have a utility in that thing. Wax so, on, wax off. You feel me? Hey. Yo, yo, that's a perfect example. Wherever you are right now, whether like where you are, where you want to be, if you're not, just soak up the game of everything that's around you because you'll see, you'll see the dots. The dots will connect later. Um, I don't read very like this is I'm basic, right? It's, it's hard for me to read, right? I'm not because I'm about to say the, I'm prefacing because it's the most basic thing, and I feel like I hear a lot of people talk about this book. But have any of y'all read The Alchemist? Okay, right? So the alchemist, there's this saying, and it's this story um, that if you really want something, the universe will conspire to help you to get it. And, and that's kind of the crux of, of what we're talking about, that even, like, every experience is valuable, and you may even feel like you're at your lowest, but that experience, when you overcome it, is going to help you get to where eventually that you want to go, you know, if you really believe it, want it and work at it. It, it kind of sounds easy to say um, up here if you're Andy Minio and, and the success that you had and the tours and the albums. But again, what I said in the beginning, the, the difference maybe between us is that we just might be in different points in our journey. But um, it's possible. That's right. And I think, and I'm going to say this, I think fear is one of the biggest things that keeps us from finding out what we potentially have inside of us. Talk about it. I don't, I actually think the reason I'm here today, like making music full time and doing what I love is because I was, I got fired from my job. <laughs> like, and there's a certain point. Where I don't think I, was I ever like, heard this story. Okay. Let me tell you. So I feel like 
there was a point when I knew I needed to leap and like jump into making music and to to like leaving the situation that was tying up all my time where I couldn't create. So I was an RA. So I, I lived in the dorms when I was in college. And if you work as an RA, basically you work for the dorms and then they give you free rent. So I was like, this is my security. I don't got to pay rent. Like, and I'm so you had to student. tell like if somebody had like a hot plate in their room. That's right. Or, Snitch. Yeah. Snitch, Snitch vibes. Dog. <laughs> somebody snuck a girl in their room and hung the sock on the door. You... That's it. Nah, it's the, when you smell a sticky in there, they, they're loud over there. You got to write up the report. So anyways, I, I knew it was like time for me to go, but I didn't want to leave because there was so much security in, in getting this free rent. And I'm a college student, so I'm not making money. I'm starting to do like my mixtape thing. I'm starting to release merch. So I'm making a little bit. But I didn't know whether or not to leap. So lo and behold, it's move-in day, which is like the most important day possible for a resident assistant. Like this is literally what you're there for is to help all the new people come in. The night before, I go out with my mom and we went out to an event and I had to put my phone on silent. So I put it on silent. I come home and she leaves and I, come, I go back to the dorm and she had bought me these microfiber cloths so I can clean my glasses, right? And so I put my phone down on top of the microfiber cloth, meaning the next morning when it was time to wake up, my phone was on silent and I couldn't hear the vibration because it was on the cloth. So it's, I'm supposed to be out there like eight o'clock. It's like 11. <laughs> Andy! My boss already was, I was on thin ice with this dude already. Are you in there sleeping? You've gotta be kidding me, you're fired. And I was like, no. I'll, imagine getting fired while you're half asleep. <laughs> you can't even say nothing. He's just like, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I just, you ever wake up scared too? Like that's the Yo, worst. Yo, that's the worst. You doing weird stuff? You're like. So I shoot out of bed and I, and have you ever have you ever been woken up and then you try to act like you weren't sleeping? Where you're like, no, what? No, it's cool. I'm here. I cried over a couple hours. Yeah. Nah, I've been up. What? Or I used that used to happen. I would wake up. And I'll just try talking, like just try jumping in the combo. Yeah, that's a good idea, right? He's just like, was like, what are you talking Andy about? Got, Andy has this thing where he's not listening to you. The tell is that he repeats the, the last thing you say. So if you're like, yeah, man, and, and that's when I've told her that, like, to get out of my life, he's like, mmm, you told her to get out of your life? I'm like, all yeah. right, bro. You do. I'm like, you're yeah. not listening, dude. Nah, Dell has a, a tell-all because we'll be on the phone a lot and I could tell he's texting while I'm talking to him or something. And then I'll be like, so what do you think? And he'll be like, um, so what I hear you saying. <laughs> what? And he'll like try to like recap it. It was really? like, you weren't paying attention at all. You really? do, you really? do, you do. <laughs> but, like, you, you do, man, you do, you do. You do. We'll talk about it. Anyways, after. the point of that whole story was me getting fired ended up being the thing that like finally pushed me out. And I, it felt like a terrible thing that was happening at the time it was happening. Like, yo, this is my security. But what it really did is it like, it pushed you off the cliff. Now you got to learn how to fly. And so, man, it's really, I think that's a, a really good mental tool to keep in, in the belt is like, yo, even when bad things happen to me, they can a lot of times still be preparing me for 
other things or or they can be teaching me lessons that are going to come in valuable later. And uh, that stuff just really isn't wasted. And I left there and I, I had a lot more free time to work on music. And that's when Lecrae sent me this record that I did the chorus for. That song ended up being this big record for him. And all of a sudden, these labels started courting me. Um, Sony was courting me. Reach was courting me, another startup label. And... Whoa! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it was like, I, I don't think if I, if I... I think if I didn't get fired, I don't know if I would have gone full into the music or had the time to do it. So in short, because I like to make things really complex, shouts to the microfiber. Yo, microfiber, yeah? whoever got that patent, call me. We'll be in business. Not only are they great for your glasses, they're part of my career, and my wife uses them all the time. You like the microfiber, right? Um, no, you know, I use kind of the disposable. Well, oh, you're apps. bougie. Yeah, no, because I always lose the microfiber cloth. And they're a grip. Yeah, and I can't you afford that. Get a good that. one. It's uh, you like know, four or five dollars a pop. My records don't really stream like that, so... <laughs> I'd go to BJ's and get the wet disposable ones. Yeah, million in a pack. Yo, you talked on on fear, the important the importance of courage. There's something I wanted to ask you, man, because what was it like to make that public announcement that you were going to start uh, pursuing music again? I was scared to death, man. I I, I dropped my first single. And um, don't flex, because this was my first vacation ever. I, I flew to Jamaica. Me and my family flew to flex, Jamaica. Bro, flex, 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 flex. It was, flex, flex. it was a family trip. 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 No, but I put the single out, um, I Don't Want to Wait, which included that verse. When I did my first single, that verse I originally wrote for Sky Zoo, Spit on the Breakfast Club, I put that on my first single. I built a whole new record around that one verse. And then right away I went to Jamaica. They didn't have any Wi-Fi. Like, if you ever been to those resorts, the Wi-Fi is, like, spotty as hell. And I, I was just, like, I was sure when I came back that it was just going to be a bunch of pitchforks and, and torches. And um, so, nah, I was scared to death. Yeah, I mean, I, I once again, try to think, like, <clears throat> I saw the, it was in the sway that you said it, right? That's when you make, make yeah, the yeah, announcement. Yeah, 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 on Sway in the Morning. Yeah. Because I can imagine, did you have anybody trying to talk you out of it? Everybody. Every, you know, look, and, you know, as, as good, as, you know, I feel like as a journalist, I've built good relationships in the industry, um, goodwill. I never really had any problems. But I also know that moving from that space from a journalist to, to a musician, nobody's ever done that. So it was a unique space. It was a weird space, and people didn't know how to take it. So, you know, I had friends really cheering me on. Um, I had people cheering me on in, in my face. And then when I wasn't around, I was like, man, I, I, Andy, I don't know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. I was getting, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get um, tweets that, that, you know, I was just like, wow, like, People are really, like, dead set against it. Because when I'm out in the street, I don't kind of get that energy. So, you know, nobody ever stepped on my aqua aids, Andy. (laughs) Not one time. I think think you you said something important that, and it's really difficult. Uh, 
that there hasn't been a specific example of somebody that made that transition. The closest thing maybe Ludacris went from radio Luda, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know Angie did Angie. put out a record, but Ludacris really found like made the full transition. Yeah, Tigger, not not big Tigger too had his Word. thing. Angie, um, I, I had a and and absolutely and never that take nothing away from them, but they were all on radio, right? So I think the world was like their voice. Like you have to have a certain voice for radio too. So already people were used to their voice. Like Angie has a dope voice just when she tell you what's up. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I think the transition was a little bit easier. Anytime you put something out, there's a real fear because it no longer lives in your bedroom. It no longer lives in your 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 idea, you know, center. It's now out in the world to be criticized, but it's all out also now out in the world to receive praise. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing is like we want to put things out and only receive the praise from them. Uh, but dealing with the criticism and being laughed at, all those things are part of being brave enough to put it out. There's this incredible quote by Theodore Roosevelt that he says, it's not the critic that counts or the person who's sitting at their couch watching TV and making fun of and critiquing and judging. Teddy the Roosevelt person. says sitting on the couch? Watching yeah, they, had the couch. they had oh, TVs I'm back then, bro. Yeah. I'm a... Yeah. I'm also, I'm paraphrasing. It's not the person watching from the arena seat and being like, I would have done this better. They're not the ones who get the credit. It's the person who's actually out on the on the field with the blood on their face, with the sweat. So right. whether they win or lose, they're the ones who actually deserve the credit, not the person criticizing from the stands. And I think that's some of the reason why, you know, even for me, releasing some of these records that y'all are going to hear, some of y'all are going to hear them. I remember, AZ, uh, you were like, I, I put out anything but country. You were like, this should have came out, right? Right. Like, there's certain records you was like, you should have been put this out. I was like, man, I was overthinking it. I didn't want to be made fun of for it. I was insecure about this record. And so actually work in progress, this was actually a whole thing that we did to just say, these are works in progress that I wasn't super confident about. We never found a home for them, but I'm still going to just figure out a way to get them into the world. And... um. You know, I think that that is uh, a part of like the creative process is dealing with your own fears to be able to to end up doing the thing you're afraid of and still putting it out. Yo, real talk. Um, please allow me to celebrate the three of y'all real quick. Rob, you first because it took wild courage to stop rapping when that company was asking you to. It took wilder courage to start rapping again when people around you even were telling you no. Like, I remember watching this interview, dog, and I'm like, I don't even need to hear the record. Mad respect because you're even doing it. Because I understood, because I know the fears that I have about doing certain things that people might consider not my lane at the moment. And we've seen so many people that have crossed over, that have, I always bring up the Bob Dylan story when he started using electric instruments and people were calling him Judas and, and booing him at his shows. And those records are the most popular records he's ever put out. Sometimes time tells. So I just wanna, I just wanna celebrate you, man. Let's, let's applaud this man real yeah. quick. That took a lot of courage. I also want to celebrate Andy over here because, man, I'm with you. I'm in the trenches with you. Bro, this dude cares so much. It's one of the things that I respect the most about him is that this dude 
really wants he cares about two things making sure that the fans are wildly delighted with what he does and what he puts together and then two that he's putting together the best possible thing so much that it can drive people around him crazy but i think no matter what people respect it and it's one of the reasons why i decided to partner up with him because i'm like yo this dude has what it takes you know, he has the hunger, he has the work ethic, he has the professionalism, and he has the skill set to really take it there. And I want to celebrate you because you're dropping work in progress. Mad songs that you never wanted to put out, that you were scared to put out, that you overthought. And tonight is coming out, my brother. You took the leap. Round of applause for this man. Last... Last but definitely not least, you were just telling me backstage that you just did something recently, and that was the reason why you even started pursuing uh, entertainment and and what you're doing right now. Can you sh do, are you cool with sharing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, the whole reason why I started social media in the first place because when I was like 12 or 13, I had this experience where um, there was this girl who was I was in seventh grade. She was sitting in the hallway by herself, just looking so upset. And I decided, I felt a pull. I decided to sit down and talk to her and help her out. And um, she was so uplifted by that conversation. I was able to make her laugh, like give her some advice, help her out with the, whatever was going on, change her perspective. And walking away from that, I was like, I want to do that for a living. I don't know how. But shortly after that, I was like, you know, I want to go into entertainment. I want to do that through a talk show. Like that was the first thing I ever said I wanted to be, a talk show host. How long ago? That was... I'm 24 now. That was 11, 12 years ago. 12 years ago, you said I want to do a talk show. Yeah. So, um, and I said that before. I, I didn't even, I had known, but it was before I'd ever even watched a single episode of uh, my mom's talk show. She was the first host of BT's first live talk show. And she produced it back from, it's called Teen Summit. You can look it up. It's from 89 to 93. And I said I wanted to be a talk show host before I'd ever seen an episode of it. Last Friday, we just shot the pilot for the talk show at the Man. YouTube Space in New York. I better clap for this boy. Yeah. Like, that was the whole reason why I started a YouTube channel in the first place. Like, I made my first YouTube video before I even hopped on Vine because I was like, oh, I'm, this is a platform to start talking about stuff. And I made the video and, like, kind of turned away from YouTube for a bit and it was just fooling around on Vine thinking it was like nothing. But that's the platform that I needed to be able to create this show. And it's going to be coming out within the next month. So stay amazing, tuned for it. Congratulations. Amazing. That's dope. So we're going we're gonna to open it up for some questions. But in essence, what we're saying is, one, sometimes when you feel compelled to pursue a creative endeavor, it might not make sense to you. Just see, just see, just, just, you know, uh, uh, reply in the affirmative, like I like to say. You just never know how I might connect dots in the future. Two, wherever you are right now, especially if you feel like you're not where you belong, just still be present and soak up and be, be there because you'll see that further down the road, there was a reason, there was things you were able to learn and acquire there that are necessary for that next step. And lastly, feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. Ooh, ooh.
Yo, yeah. thank y'all so much, man. We're rad. Thank you so much, Appreciate New York. We love you.